What's going on, quitters? Welcome to another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I am your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is December 5th, 2021. It has been exactly one day since I recorded the previous episode. That's right. We're building up a backlog for the holidays. See if we can survive Christmas and New Year's without dropping a week. Uh, Last night, I went to the Brooklyn Botanic Garden light show. Pretty cool, pretty nice, uh, but also I've never been in the daytime, so I didn't really see many plants. I just saw light bulbs. Uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, this week we have an awesome guest. He is a comedian, podcaster, New York City fashion icon, Mike Nguyen. Oh, hey, fashion icon. Dang. Fashion icon. Okay. I feel like at least in the stand-up comedy world, you're like fashion icon status. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm the best. Best looking dude in the burn ward uh, is how I describe it <laughs> as far as fashion goes. But I mean, I do like fashion, but we'll t- we'll talk about that. But yeah, thanks for having me on. I forgot that this is called um, Don't Quit Your Day Job because I have not quit my day job. That's I still okay. have my day job and it's great and everything's good. <laughs> if they're listening, thank you so much for the money. Um, but no, this is really, thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, I'm happy to have you on. It, it's kind of funny because I've, I've hit up some comedians or some people and be like, hey, you want to come on my show, Don't Quit Your Day Job? Because the show, the joke is it's about your creative passions. But someone will be like, I don't feel comfortable talking about my day job. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking ask you about your day job. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. Read, just read the, the show description on Instagram. Yeah. Be, oh, okay. This he doesn't actually about your, yeah. you know, your job at Dunkin' Donuts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care that I'm an accountant or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Mike, you are a comedian. Mm-hmm. You are one of the two hosts of the great Asian Not Asian That's podcast. Right. Yep. Yep. You Check are co-producer with uh, your co-host right. of Hack City, right. a comedy That's show. Right. Mm-hmm. And you are also the producer of your own outfits. I am the producer <laughs> of my own outfits. It would be tight if I wasn't. If you weren't? If you yeah. had someone else styling you? I mean, honestly, if whenever you see someone who's really stylish, maybe not like a regular person, but like a celebrity... 99% chance somebody mm-hmm. else did it because yeah. celebrities uh I, I don't know if you're also an actor are you an actor no okay. not yet yeah you know, like it's 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 a really funny thing because you know in comedy you'll meet actors right, like, right. comedic actors regular drama you know it's mm-hmm. new york city right so there's mm-hmm. tons of actors and like a, a poor actor <laughs> like an actor <laughs> who doesn't hasn't made it yet or is like grinding still um usually are beautiful people mm-hmm. um very uh extroverted terrible fashion sense terrible, terrible. really they just don't <laughs> they just there's like a mismatch i think they've like mm. you know what i'm saying a lot of them a lot of times they're like they're drama kids or so they're always wearing like vests and bow ties it's either it's either way <laughs> over the top like that yeah. like vest bow ties or it's like or or it's like they really are kind of just like basic people you know but mm-hmm. they they usually have a little better sense of, of like fit mm-hmm. and how it fits but but otherwise it's just like they got no money. They got no like real like vision in that way. So a lot of times, once you make it as a celebrity, as an actor, you got to get someone else to style you. Can you. outsource the vision. Exactly. Because I'm, you just, you know. Exactly. It's got to be, I feel like that's got to be the case. It's not like, I like I know all these metalheads get like annoyed at when like Kardashians wear like an Iron Maiden t-shirt <laughs> or like a Metallica yeah, yeah, yeah. t-shirt. I'm like, but also you keep in mind, they probably didn't pick that no someone else is probably like oh no that like what a crop iron maiden shirt looks yeah. sick with like these yeah. cargo pants exactly so just wear it so here put this on don't <laughs> don't question it yeah exactly i won't be mad about it until they're wearing one of my favorite band's shirts and then i'll be like how did you even find how out you, exactly <laughs> but that's the thing is that you know that's what stylists do is that they like mine these little communities 
for mm. I guess you could say authenticity. Whoa! And when you like pull out a deep cut, and I don't know what it is, but like I don't know anything about you know metal music or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. But I can tell when something feels like, oh, this is some real shit. Yeah. And some some guy, some white dude is real mad right now. <laughs> and that's how you know it's fashion. You're like, damn, I pissed the white guy off. And you're like, yeah. Like, yeah. So that's that's what stylists do, you know? Anyways. So. I that's I I know we're going to talk about this more, but like sure. it's so crazy what you just said because that just blew my mind. Like they're mining like communities the, for authenticity. F- fashion is about mining authenticity from other community, other places, right? So it's a lot of times it's like, work uh work uh communities i guess mm-hmm. you know, like uh you know obviously like uh, military stuff yeah yeah um construction yeah um service industries that sort of thing so it's like these th- that's really where there's like a story happening mm-hmm. and so fashion people and style people they look for that story you know uh, and because like generally rich people don't have a story they're right, just rich right. so like you got to <laughs> find like a community of people who actually have values and so that's where people, you know, that's where a lot of fashion style, I mean, you know, stuff comes Whoa. from. Whoa. That's, it's Street interesting. Wear, it's all the same. I had someone else on here talking about fashion, like, geez, like, almost like 50 episodes ago. Oh, wow. But they said that, like, fashion is like a fantasy, right? You it, dress that's like exactly the fantasy. Right. That's it's exactly like, right. That lines up it's with your, what you're saying, but it's also like the flip where, like, fashion in this person's eyes is like a fantasy of, like, like, like fantastical yes yes you're like it comes from the authenticity you're like emulating the authenticity it's kind of you 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 are it is a fantasy in that you are like imagining a idealized version of mm. the community that you're pulling from Do you know what I'm oh thank yeah. you so much <laughs> the um <laughs> the uh you know for example i'm really into polo and ralph lauren he's not like a wasp he's a he's a lithuanian immigrant he he came here when he was really Whoa. young and um you know he grew up here in queens mm-hmm. so he was not in that circle okay but he idolized that waspy look right which was at the time all brooks brothers stuff right, you right. know connecticut like look at me i'm a i've got a horse and shit like that he was not in that world but he grew from that and he idealized it and now that world the fantasy and the authentic authentic world are like the line is mixed but he Whoa. you know he he basically took what he saw people in that community doing like these rich, you know, waspy people mm-hmm. and just like turn it up to 10. It was like the most like over the top version of that is like Whoa. what Ralph Lauren is. So I had yeah. no idea. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it like makes, yeah. Anyways. Cause I, I'd be like, if you said Ralph Lauren to me, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that guy was probably some rich white guy. No. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. He's American. Like, he's, yeah. No, he's like, a, he's like from Queens. It's, it's, it's really, it's a cool story. Whoa. And like why he's so, um, you know, he's had like a fucking 50 year long career is because he's so good at telling that mm-hmm. story that doesn't exist. Right, you know, right. that look at me, I'm wearing a tartan blanket and I'm like hanging out and, and taking care of my horses. And oh, there's father. He's with, and we've got dinner later with that, with that, with, with the Andersons. You know, like that shit doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist really, you know, or maybe it does, but he, you know, bottled that up. And that's, what's, that's what's cool about, anyways. I'm not, I'm, I'm, we're not even talking about comedy, but <laughs> yeah, it's tight, dude. I mean, Fashion's my, sick. I mean, my head, I just like, I'm like, oh, he's from, he's like an immigrant from Queens. I'm just imagining him talking like Christopher Walken. Like, I, I, we never... need more collars on these shirts. <laughs> these collars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never heard him talk, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's, it's so, it's so crazy. So, yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, Mike, how, so we're going to talk about comedy now uh, for a few minutes. Uh, sure. Kind of get into the origin story here. Um, 
I know you are a unique case of comedian because you did not start comedy after a breakup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, that's funny. Um, yes, I start, although I did kind of start up. I start comedy after a breakup in the sense that I broke up with my job. Uh, I mean, uh, no, no, my job broke up with me. So I was at <laughs> I was at a big advertising firm, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's really why I moved to New York was because mm-hmm. I I didn't know that I wanted to get into advertising, but I mm. knew I wanted to do something creative with money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and advertising is that. And this is at the time when like Mad Men was real big. Okay, yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I can go and be a, like a Mad Men guy. You bought the fantasy. I, I got so into the fantasy. Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's what makes that show good. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> he, uh, so I, um, excuse me, I, I moved here and I, I was working advertising, and uh, you know I got laid off. You know because mm-hmm. you know in, in advertising there's like tons of cyclic, you know, boom and bust. So I got laid off, and then, you know, I, I felt great about it honestly mm-hmm. because the job, you know, it was a fine place and with fine people, but the path of my job had just kind of petered out yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, there's nothing worse to me than being totally useless like I, mm-hmm. I really hate that feeling so i was actually kind of glad it ended and um i was hanging out at uh were you around when bunga's den was the was, there was an open mic there do you remember this no were what, you around so i i, I started in 2018 okay. but i didn't get to new york city till 2019 okay okay so there used to be this um this bar which was fucking awesome um like one of these like classic like divey, almost divey like a sports bar kind of, but not. It's like yeah. a divey bar. It's on fourteen. It was on Fourteenth Street. It's called Bunga's Den. Had a had a back area, mm-hmm. um, and I was hanging out there just like living life. Like this is like the day I had gotten laid off, and I had I saw that there was an open mic, you know, mm-hmm. and this is like a picture of it. I had seen it before, and I was like, you know, I've always wanted to do try a comedy open mic, and I actually sat in on one. Yeah, uh, this was a mixed mic. Okay. So I sat in on like a, you know, some comedian and he was eating dog shit. I mean, he was doing so bad. I'm sure he's famous now. I don't know. It was probably like, you know, Mark, Mark, Mark Norman or something, but like <laughs> he was eating shit. And so um, I was like, I could do better than him. And so, uh, you know, I, I flash flashback to I'm, I'm hanging out at this at this bar. I see this open mic and I'm like, OK, I, I can give that a shot. Mm-hmm. I uh, one week later, literally like one, I spent one week writing jokes. Yeah. And then I went up and did this mic at Bunga's mm-hmm. Den. And later on, it, the mic, you know, the comedy cancer spread. And so that it became a real, like, comedy open mic, you know, with, like, 40 right. fucking people. There's a bucket. <laughs> it's, like, a whole thing. And yeah. uh, I used to live right nearby. So I would, like, go there before going home. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny because I, I don't know how you feel. Do you, are you intimidated at mics ever? A certain mics? <sighs> Not so much anymore. Yeah. I think once I... Once I met most, I, I don't know everybody in the scene, but sure. once I met a good chunk of them, I don't go to mics where I don't know people. Generally. Okay, yeah, so that's like, really helpful. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not intimidated anymore. But I remember when I first got here, I like I thought I was killing it in Boulder and Denver. Oh. I was like, oh, I, I'm funny. And then I got here, I was like, oh no, I suck dick. Was <laughs> it really? Was it that? I I always wonder. I mean, this is something you know, kind of a stereotype about like you know, come to New York, you can make it here, mm-hmm. blah blah. blah. And I always wonder, like, is that really true? I, I do think it's true in a sort of material sense. Like, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of comedy here. There's right. just a lot of mics. Yes. So, so I know that's true. But I sometimes wonder, like, is the level of talent really good? You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. so I, I've always, I'm always curious about that. Yeah, I, I would say that the talent is much better. Mm. But also it's because it's the open mic environment mm. creates comedians who are trying to make 
the most judgmental other comedians laugh. <laughs> yes. Versus like when I was doing it in Boulder, it was like we would have open mics that would have between eight to 40 audience right, members. Regular people. So it's like you really like you're it's like you have the training wheels off right away. Sure. But also audiences laugh at more things. Right. And on top of that, you would go to five open mics a week and you would do one new joke in like like all these six minute sets. And it's like so you're not really like grinding out new material or like mm. pushing the boundaries. Right. And then here you just bomb so over much and over and over that you and just start throwing away jokes and rewriting oh, yeah. like constantly. And so your bar just raises. That's that, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So I think um yeah, so I I, I um you know what Bungs Bungus then wasn't like the most intimidating right. one, but it was it was a lot of comics mm-hmm. and at, especially at the beginning, you know, of the of the mic was like real intense. Like everyone's like, Yeah, let's leave these five people. Okay, it's blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. So that was always like uh you know, like a splash of water, mm-hmm. right? So um yeah, I mean, you know, I, I got into it. Um what year was this real quick? It's like two thousand and fourteen, fifteen. Okay, so you've been doing it like seven years, seven six years, or seven eight, years. Yeah, eight okay. years. So um I uh, one of my friends is a very established. Shang Wang is a very mm-hmm. he's a very established comic. Um, he was established like back then. Okay, and so he kind of like pointed me in the right direction, and I got into like the whole thing. I was like on Reddit and like what 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 do I do? Like you know, and I <laughs> yeah, I found yeah. out about like you know oh you can you're you're supposed to quote unquote like do like twenty mics a week and do all these mm-hmm. things, and that kind of you know I had the time because I was like you know, I became become a freelancer. A slash unemployed. <laughs> I had uh, so at the time. Yeah, yeah. And there was something about that, uh, the repetition of it that really appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been that kind of person, you know. Mm. Like, uh, um, uh, I, I really enjoy like uh, endurance sports. You know, okay. like I was a swimmer and all these things. And mm. it's just about like getting in there, grinding like over and over, right, and right. getting into the process, which yeah. I which I liked, and I think I still like it. And so I think that was um, that's always been you know, a truth about stand up mm. for me was the process. I enjoy the process. Right, right. Um, and so at and at first, you know, I was like, I'm just gonna do this for a little bit just to kinda like get better at copywriting and, and advertising, <laughs> right? That yeah. you know, I would always be um sort of like intimidated by uh copywriters who had gone up in the from in the traditional way. Like right. you can go to advertising school and do all these things. And so I was like, okay, for me to compete with these people, I didn't want to go to advertising school because I just didn't want to pay any more money. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe if I get a little funny, I can mm-hmm. get that going. You get know? a little edge up on them. Exactly. Just like understand how to put something together, you mm-hmm. know, like a, an idea together. Right. So that right. was really kind of what it, what was motivating me for a while. And now, um, did you just get get hooked in? Yeah. Now it's like I mean I always say it's 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 a hobby that's gotten out of hand, <laughs> and it's it's like it's really out. I'm really yeah. out, I'm like really deep in it, and like, and now it's just I'm I'm I've sort of I don't know how to like some people like sort of accept that they're not going to make it, and I've sort of accepted that I can't mm-hmm. not do this. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm just yeah, going to have yeah. to structure my life around <laughs> that, whatever that means. You right. Know what I'm right. So yeah. Okay. So you you start comedy at. Hung, bunga bunga's den bunga's den yeah that was my first ever mic and then i got into the whole world of it yeah um you know shang wang sort of like pointed me in the direction mm-hmm. of like here's all the mics and i you know found out about uh you know free mics if that's still around you know this, right right this website i remember that told you where all the mics are <laughs> you know and then i just met people yeah and, you know that whole thing and then like it just kind of i just like stepped into the whole world of 
like right of oh, New York City open mic comedy. Yeah. So at what point do you? I'm curious about the the hack city Asian yeah. not Asian Fumi Abe. When does that kind of enter your <laughs> yeah. world? All so, this stuff. Yeah, my creative partner Fumi. Um, and and I we met in in the scene. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this is at the time when there's not there's not a lot of Asian american comedians in okay. the scene even now i feel it's not a huge represent like he like there's not like a huge population of us. it's a lot better yeah than it used to be but there used to be a time where if you saw another asian comedian mm-hmm. you had to kill that person like it was, only, <laughs> it was like only one of us could be in the scene and we're all we're very judgy about each other but immediately you're sort of like gauging right. this other asian comic and so you know we were doing that back and forth to each other but you know i thought he was funny and i saw him a lot Mm-hmm. Just because you know, he was—he's a grinder. Like he, right, you right. Know, when he was in doing open mics, he, he was the one who was doing like a lot. Mm-hmm. So we see, we see each other, and uh, what's funny is, um, you know, where we're recording right now, in, you know, mm-hmm. your, uh, you know, your apartments in, in Crown Heights, and Fumi used to live right here. Oh, on really? Pacific, on Pacific Street, and oh, I'm wow. like walking over here, and it's crazy <laughs> because, you know, we he he and I um would just for years just like mm. meet up to write okay and we did it in all sorts of places i when i used to live in manhattan he'd come into manhattan and and we'd write at a cafe mm-hmm. and we would um then later on like i moved out here so then we met, met at a cafe in, in bedstuy and then eventually we started the podcast and that, and that we recorded the podcast originally in his apartment here on pacific street and the thing is is that it wasn't that long ago i mean you know like <laughs> yeah. it was really like just a few years ago because I, I looked this morning, you guys are on episode like 207. 207, yeah. So that means you've been at it for, if you release every week, mm-hmm. like About, just under four years. Yes, exactly. Okay. So it's kind of crazy because, you know, if, if w- w- when we, when I look back, it's, it wasn't like we're going to start this whole thing and become famous or whatever the fuck. We're <laughs> we're, famous, we've but, got you a know, media empire. Yeah, to build. no, <laughs> yeah. It, it really was like, okay, well, you want to meet up and write some jokes and, yeah. and stuff like that. That's really what it was. So, you know, he and I would would uh, meet up, and we both intrinsically knew that stand up is great, but you can't just do stand up if you want to be right. sort of a well rounded creative person. So we were we would meet up, we would write sketches, we would um, you know, just like run jokes by each other. Mm. We would just like spitball different things. Eventually, we started Hack City, which is our stand up comedy show. So that started before the podcast. So he had that show. He had it. It was called something else. So he mm-hmm. it was called Summer Camp. He had it at hi-fi bar okay in the east village for a, a while and it was like you know it had like a small like but like durable following right right and so after a while we like found another coffee shop that we could do it at and we poured it over to like the email list and you know it was slow going at first it was mm-hmm. like one of those shows where for a while we were the free crepe show <laughs> we gave each we gave out free crepes and it was so funny because even if you had a good show mm-hmm. at the end people would be like hey man i heard about crepes is there going to be crepes or not and like <laughs> we'd have to go and get crepes from somewhere like the coffee oh shop gosh. that we had it at so you know it was like it was it was cool because you really learned i learned a lot about just like producing a show mm-hmm. right just like getting it getting it out there producing it a year you know week after week we were lucky in the fact that you know obviously we had kind of a pre-existing list of people but right. also you know, uh, we used to keep track like on a spreadsheet. I don't know if you use a lot of spreadsheets in your company, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. we do. And we would keep, we would kind of like grade ourselves, right? And, like, this, oh, this this month's show was a seven out of ten, or like a five out of ten. <laughs> and I look back, and like at the beginning, we had some that were like okay, and then some that were bad. But then yeah. after a while, we started getting you know good shows, good shows, good shows. 
And then once we started the podcast, then we started having fans come from the podcast. And right. then it got real big and we had to move from, you know, we were at a coffee shop, um, um, Black Hat in Lower East Side, and we had to move to a bigger venue and all these things, which was great. So, you know, going back to sort of the timeline, um, mm. it was it was really just, hey, man, you want to just meet and, and write? And we just did that every mm. single week. Again, this is about, for me, I'm very much about consistency. Right, right. Am I going to blow it out of the water every time? No, but I will show up. Right. And I, I always show up. So it was like Saturday at whatever time. And, you know, it was just a good time for just me and him. We would just like talk shit for yeah. like an hour. Yeah. Uh, and that's really kind of where the podcast came from yeah. was like us talking shit. <laughs> but it was, it was important because we built like a rapport up mm-hmm. over, you know, years of working together. We would be writing and then sometimes we'd be filming sketches and working very close together. Yeah, yeah. And I think you can tell from if you listen to the podcast oh, between he and I, we have a very good rapport because of we've really we we didn't know this, but we worked on we were working on it for years before mm. we started recording the podcast. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, we we're, we're doing that. We started the we, we had Hack City going and then we started the podcast and like the two of them are they're separate, but like obviously they're sort of intertwined now. Yeah. Um, but it's it for a while Hack City was sort of like the only thing <laughs> that I had going, yeah. I guess. Like it was a great show, and I mean, it's still a great show. And it was, you know, uh, you've been at this what now, like four or five years. Uh, I've been doing this like three years, yeah. three and a half. And I feel like actually three, three to five, in my opinion, is like a hard time in in your comedy career. Uh, you know, like I needed to hear that. About to warn you that you're <laughs> yeah. going to go through some darkness, but like because I, there's like I feel like right now I'm mm-hmm. starting to feel it. Is like yeah. I, I had a few months where I was like, wow, I've like improved so much. Mm-hmm. I'm like really good at stand-up comedy compared to what I was when yes. I started. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling like I can do a lot. But also, what do I have to bring? What makes me special? What can I actually like? How yep. do I kick this to the next level? Exactly. Type? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's all, whenever you kind of encounter like this next level thing, mm-hmm. you have to kind of evaluate creatively. Not just like your, yourself, but also just what I would call the business skills of comedy. You know, like, yeah, am yeah. I going to ca- have another show? That's like a whole other skill set. Mm-hmm. Am I going to produce a podcast? Am right. I going to, you know, put a, put a bunch of stuff on Instagram? You know, those are all like themes that when you first start Open My Comedy, you don't, you don't go, man, I'm, I, I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to like learn Adobe Premiere. You know, like, yeah. that's not, those are like separate, you know, yeah. these are all separate things, but these are important things. So yeah, for a while I just had you know Fumi and I had Hack City and that was great, and then eventually we started the podcast. And so, again, the, we didn't know we you know we've, we we had done tons of sketches. We had written uh, together as like a, as a team, like mm-hmm. um, live sketch. We had written some stuff like that. We've done a bunch of stuff, and you know none of it was like a huge like oh my god we're fam- fucking famous now. Like, right, right. They, we're just doing stuff, which exactly. is what I which was I always loved. I just wanted to try it. Yeah. The same thing for the podcast. We're just like, let's try this. Well, there's actually an unreleased episode mm. that we had, like episode zero. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. somewhere. And like, it was like the first one ever. And we did it. And we're like, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> and yeah. um, and we just kept doing it. And uh, over the course of like, you know, the first episode, you know, got like 100 listens, which was way more than like we thought that's we were going to get. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And then the second one got like double that. And Whoa. we're like, oh shit. So by like, but honestly, by like episode five, we knew we were on to something because we've put out a bunch of stuff that mm-hmm. got nothing. You right, know what I'm right. saying? And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we, were, we weren't expecting for, like, for any of these sketches to like blow up or anything like that or for these videos. But we knew as soon as you start seeing that kind of like uh, every week, week to week, going up, yes. going up, going up. Yeah. 
and seeing, you know, just like comments from whatever where we're putting it that people didn't automatically hate it. Yeah. <laughs> that I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is, we're on to something. And it was, right. you know, it was fun. So that's really what it, what it was. Also, speaking to your earlier point, I think uh, one, having a monthly show and two, having a weekly podcast are like perfect consistency yes. exercises. Yes, yes. I like, mean, you, you, you put on a lot of monthly shows? I do a weekly show. Yeah. Which I mean, that's so much work. You are on this yes, week. I I'm mean, on this week, yeah. We're kind of in a zone with it where it's okay. like we're we're still figuring out how to like promote it mm-hmm. and stuff. We do a lot of barking, and it's week by week, and we're just trying to make it like yes. every week we pick the lineup. I work for 20 minutes in the flyer. We put it out. Yep. We try to promote, and we just need to like yep. hit it and get, get that going. Thing. So, because I'm not trying to spend like you know five hours a week planning and strategizing, right. so right. we're slowly adding elements to like try to improve it. Yeah, but it's tough. It's, it's tough. just it's so hard. At the end of every show, I'm I'm like, once it's over, I have like a relief. Cause yeah. It's like, okay, we did it. There were like audience. It's small room, so like when there's like eight audience members, it's like it feels packed. Found packed, yeah. And but every week I look at it as like, okay, like these weekly projects, podcast show, whatever. I always think of them as like seeds. You just water your seeds every week yes, and they grow exactly and it right. takes forever. <laughs> it takes and forever. It's okay. And yeah, stand up is the ultimate form of that, I yeah. feel. It's one of those things that it's a it's a slow cooking Sunday gravy. You mm-hmm. know, you, you you put that on. I mean, that's why it's it's funny because by the time most people most com- comedians have like a quote unquote big special, like a big Netflix special, they've been doing comedy for like fifteen fucking yeah. years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's not yeah. like, oh, who's this new like um Ali Wong is yeah. in there's I wouldn't say I know her but like she's in the orbit of people I know. Mm-hmm. I and I met her I've seen her I did I saw her do comedy like 20 years ago like 20 Whoa. something years ago when she was <laughs> and you know what's funny in my mind like if I play back in my mind she mm-hmm. was she was already really good then. Yeah. You know so you can just imagine like her building her skill set over x amount of years but Nobody knew who she was, right? Mm-hmm. She had her own following, of course, but yeah. like 15 years later, now all these things kind of like pop off for her, you know, like mm-hmm. obviously she's, she's, she's great, but like, you know, the, 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 the Netflix thing that, that didn't, she, she wasn't like an overnight sensation. Right. She right. has been grinding for like decades. Yeah. So yeah, standup that, is definitely like one of those things where you, you, you work on it slowly and you got, in the meantime, you're making your appetizers, <laughs> whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. You got your podcast going, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. that like. Uh, you know like you can put out immediately that's you know? it's like it's, it's so like at, like when i started comedy you know you, you were talking about that grind i feel mm. like you start and you're like i gotta do tons and tons of open tons, mics yeah. and then after a while i feel like lately i've been like i'm gonna do two to three open mics a week and my weekly show kind of keep it keep the engine oiled and yep. like try out some new stuff yep but now I'm like, I want to have other projects to yes. like supplement you that to, and spice it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've always told, uh, I was, I was telling your, you know, your partner Lee about like, if you want to get good at, it's kind of weird, but like, if you want to get famous at stand up, mm-hmm. don't do stand up. Do yeah. something else. <laughs> yeah. You know, like write other stuff. Yeah. You know, um, because you're going to need those things anyways. Right. 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 And, unless you, unless you like really just want to be a stand up comic, which is, um, such a hard life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it has to be such a hard path. To it's take. such a crazy path. If you, even if you think of all the like famous stand-up comedians, exactly, uh, every single one of you, you them, you can name has written on a show, written a show, has a show, is an actor, is an actor or, something, you know, yeah. something. Because mm-hmm. just to know someone like, I mean, even just to name a stand-up comic who just does stand-up comedy only, 
is like so difficult. Like yeah. Brian Regan, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's like another era of comedy. Right. You know, like I don't even know if I think it's honestly a blessing that mm-hmm. that career path is kind of fizzling away because it's such a tough lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and I think it's better to have that and also these other things because you can bring your gift of stand-up to all these other mediums which honestly need to be improved because a lot of them suck so yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, i I agree and also i feel like one thing that i was thinking about too is like there was someone who posted on reddit recently they're like so does anyone else experience this when you listen to a comedian's podcast and then you watch their special their special isn't as good anymore Mm -hmm. yeah because you like know them Mm. so intimately by listening to them so interesting and i thought that that was fascinating but i'm also like i feel like nowadays comedy is tending less towards like set up punchline classic type stuff and more towards a more like true personal thing Mm. where it's like i think a lot of comedians now are like I want to be the same person on stage that I yes. am off stage. Yes. But on stage, it just has all the funny parts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great way to think about it. I, I always think, yeah, that kind of like classic observational humor. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with airline food? Like kind of humor yeah. is, it's great. I think it, it, it's it's part of the reason why I started doing it. Mm-hmm. But I do feel it's it's evolved. You know, like, yeah. I mean, uh, there's so many specials that came out. Like, like Bo Burnham's special is like, yeah. it's like, it's like something else besides stand up. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, something yeah. else, right? And then um, uh, uh, there's just so many things where they, they put it out, and it's it's you're right, more personal. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a storytelling thing, also, but it's like a media thing too. And I think it's I think it's good because mm-hmm. like the the art form needs to do that in order to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's interesting because I think on the podcast. On stage, I'm like a more extreme version of myself yeah. on the podcast. Okay, yeah. You know, and I do wish sometimes that the two of them could be more lined up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty funny, pretty funny on, um, on stage. But I feel like the way that I am in a podcast scenario, and and actually even just like, I don't know, like a panel show if you've ever done yeah. those things. It's 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 definitely. It's definitely Mike Nguyen, but it feels a little different because mm-hmm. I think in some ways I'm much stronger. I'm a very strong riffer. Okay, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I'm a very yeah. strong, like, here I am talking, let's talk shit. Right. Uh, on stage, you know, because I'm still working on that, right, mm-hmm. even though I've been doing it for X amount of years, that feels like, to me, not not artificial, but it's like something, like a craft I'm working on, you know? Yeah. So that's like a very, like, polished thing versus you know on you know yeah it's more like extemporaneous we i was joking about this with uh dan yang a couple weeks ago in the mm-hmm. show is that like <laughs> he's like i don't like roast battles because it's like it's like comedy oh, with yeah. homework it's yeah. a comedy show with homework <laughs> and i feel like that's that's like kind of how much you're describing also yeah. it's like when you do stand up you're like okay i can't just go up there with nothing and yes. then hope that a riff carries yes me. exactly so it's like you gotta have like oh, okay in, in 10 minutes i need to have like really i need like four real jokes and then maybe i can fill the rest in with some cool riffs or yeah. crowd work or whatever it, it's you know? uh it very much is an act you're doing yeah. the act right and, and you're and you're bringing those acts on stage mm-hmm. and i i have a i have a sense that other comedians like don't do it like this like uh i feel like um Bill Burr always says that like when you're doing when you're really crushing you're like barely doing your act which I I can get a sense I feel that mm, sometimes when I'm mm-hmm. doing it although I'm still definitely doing my jokes but it feels like it feels like fresher you know so mm. um you know that's what is so interesting about stand up is that it's it's hard to it's hard to pin down really what it is because yeah. 
you know, I'm sure if you've ever really been in the flow, like you're like crushing, you're so connected with this audience. Yes, you're doing your jokes, but you can you also get the sense that if you just did whatever, they would laugh. Right. Because you're so in sync with them. And it's really difficult to get to that because you should yeah. only have like fucking seven minutes to like <laughs> make this life lifetime bond with someone. Yeah. But um <laughs> yeah. It, it when you can when you can get it, it's a combination of all the preparation you've done mm-hmm. and who you are and the moment. You know, yeah. it's, it's not it's, you can't repeat that over and over again. So totally. it's 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 such a weird thing, you know. It's not just like I'm. I can always tell a new comic because they're like, they're like rote performing their joke. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. They're, they're, <laughs> they're like doing a soliloquy, you know. Yeah. And it could be funny, and sometimes it totally works. But I can feel the oh, you're you're doing a thing. You when, know what I'm saying? But like when they. Uh, like my tell is like it's like a monologue right yes yeah. exactly and they do the monologue and if they actually catch a laugh yeah they don't <laughs> yes. they don't have any response yes 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 and then they continue the monologue yes 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 yes, yes. it's like oh sorry like when you get a laugh you have to pause or acknowledge acknowledge like, or laugh. like be present like yes. show that you're you here. have to be present <laughs> don't just <laughs> exactly. go to the or when they hit you with the sorry, I don't have any uh, transition here. It's like I wasn't expecting you to have a transition. You can just tell the just jokes. Just tell the joke. It's all good. Yeah, it's 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 funny how you know you, you present is really the word. Mm. The word that's what I I love to um to sort of like to get kind of metaphysical. That's something I try to do in my life is to mm. try to be present. I do. Um, Fumi's gonna make fun of me because I always talk about this, but I, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and um, <laughs> it, you know, and like any combat sport, it's very much about thanks. It's um, it's very much about like, uh, just being in the moment, right? Right. Like right. F- riding the energy, or you know, figuring out your flow, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, boxing is like that too. It's like you have to be. You can't be thinking about something else. You have to be right, right there in the moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can be like a second ahead or a second behind, but like. Ideally, you're right there reacting to what they're reacting right. to, and it's and it's going and going. Yeah, and that's yeah. That's what's really cool. About I have it. a whole episode. I interviewed a, a comedian who does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, really? Who? Yeah. Uh, Peter Liu. He's he's from he's a Boston comedian. Oh, really? But yeah, yeah he's like really into it. I love. I mean, <laughs> I love it. I mean, uh, um, I I go to this school, and and uh, there's like tons of there's <laughs> like there's like two or three other comedians mm-hmm. who go there also. Really? So it's kind of funny. Like we'll see each other, and we're like, oh man, what's going on? You know? So. There is definitely like a synergy, honestly, yeah. between like a combat sport like that mm-hmm. and stand up comedy. Because you have that preparation versus the reacting and the connecting. That's exactly right. Reading the room. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, 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 you're preparing as much as you can, and that's important. But there's, I, I don't know, when you go on stage, you know, I, I only like will, will write something like right before I go up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes on the train, but like usually right before I go up. Is where because I'm feeling like there's something happening, yes. right? And you can pull a joke out of that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I don't like rehearse. You know, I'm not in my room rehearsing. Yeah. A- except may- maybe if there's a tricky line, I'll make sure to like say it out so that I get the line. Mm-hmm. But in general, like I don't know what what's going to happen, and it's out of my hands yep. until I get on stage. <laughs> yeah. You know, people always, oh, you get nervous when you go up. I'm like. What is there to be nervous about? It's not. It's not really in my hands. You yeah. know, what I'm saying? it's kind of in the audience's hands. Totally. You know, so the ultimate blame the crowd. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, it really is. This is all. This is on y'all. You know, so like you go, I go up there, and I'm like, I'm just a conduit for what right. they're. You know, I'm kind of like trying to, you know, cajole them into like doing something. But mm. if they don't want to come, they don't have to. Yeah. So um, that's like sort of the weird thing about again about stand up is like you're you're like a conduit for the energy yes. of the room. You're not yeah. really 
doing anything else. <laughs> it's it's weird. I can always tell, like, sometimes the only time I get nervous yeah. is when I know I'm about to bomb. Like, when I'm sitting in that room and I can tell the what energy. You, what? what? You, you, you're going to tell? You can tell you can bomb? Why? A hundred percent. Really? It's like, it's because I've experienced, like, the times I crush uh-huh. or, like, I, my best set ever. Uh-huh. My best set ever, I it was a 15-minute set three comedians saw it and it was just like it was this like magic moment where i was like this is me connected to my higher comedian <laughs> but it was like the host he he's great he's an awesome comedian but he like did a bunch of like crowd work up top where he yeah. talked to every member of the crowd uh, but didn't quite land the punchlines yes, on yes, some yes, of yes, it yes, yes, yes. and then two comedians later a comic who was late to the show did the same exact thing because he didn't watch the host do all uh, that and then finally like i because all these people, they had no closure on their like yeah. riffs. So I went up, did my set, and I could just, I just like every single joke I had, I had like another riff on a new person in yep. the audience, and it just murdered. Yes, but it was like go. the whole time I could feel this like You're excitement. Building up, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. this this piece is gonna hit. This piece is gonna hit, and it and. Knowing that feeling, I know the contrast. <laughs> where it's like I look at the crowd and I'm like. Yo, I don't know what you guys think is funny at yeah, all. Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. some tension. I don't know if you guys are into it or if you're t- just laughing at each other, making fun of. Like, I oh, can't. Oh, buddy. Sometimes it's like the nervousness is like, okay, I have zero read on this room. Mm. And, but even though at shows, I'm always before I go up, I'm always in the room. I'm never in the green room. I'm always in the I, audience. I do watch to feel it before. I, yeah. at least at least one of the comics before me because like I have to understand what the room is going to be like. Right. What is you know? Is there some? Was there some? You know, does somebody spill a drink, and I gotta like worry about that because mm-hmm. somebody, you know, because now that is like drawing people's attention. You know, right? Is there like, yeah, is there like a fight happening, or is there like, <laughs> is there a couple who are doing something? It's like, yeah, it, it is much about like very much about like figuring out what's going to happen. I I always feel like if this isn't always true, but I feel if if a crowd, you know, is like being kind of like a stubborn mule and doesn't mm-hmm. want to do anything, that is when you can impose yourself a yeah. little bit and. It's not going to always work, mm-hmm. but that that's a strategy I'll try. If, yeah. if the if the crowd is real dead, you know, I'll try to just, you know, like, fucking take a shit <laughs> in yeah. the middle of the floor, you know what I'm saying, and just see if that happens. Yeah. works. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, yeah, I, it, it, it is very much about, like, you know, what are they going to give me so I can yeah. give it back, you know? I've been in the, at our weekly show, like, my thing now is, like, I have committed my set to the role of show fixer, because I usually mm-hmm. do my set yeah. kind of in the middle, and it's like, okay, if the first three comics all crowd worked the shit out of this audience, I'm going to give them a break. Yep. Or if they haven't talked to the crowd, yep. I'm going to talk to the crowd. Yep. Or like, if people are being too in your face, I'm going to dial it back. I'm going to be calm and like yeah. try to like balance it out. And I think that's something that I've learned from the weekly show that's really benefited me is like, not even if you, even if I don't know what the audience likes, I can tell when the other comedians are like, too in their face or yes. like too standoffish yes someone's got to either break through or reel it back in i, I, you know? I mean absolutely very underrated skill i feel um you know I, I think good hosts can do that you know if that's if, my thing yeah I'm, if, I'm a big host guy if you're if you're a good host <laughs> you know it's it's so important to be able to yeah give give the crowd a little bit of you know whatever the mm-hmm. other thing you know so oh, when you and okay so Lee took me to Hack City yeah. when just like a couple months into being in New York City. I think because we started hanging out then probably the 
we went to the one in either October or November 2019. So and this is was this so this was back when we were still at Canal Street Market. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um oh shit. I can't remember I think the end the final comedian was Nimesh Patel. Oh hell yeah. He, he that was it was that show whatever. Yeah. But I remember going there and being like holy shit the show is packed. And yeah. then you and Fumiabe went up and you guys like a lot of times when I see two hosts on stage, it can be a disaster. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but you guys actually have like a really good like rapport. And when you're doing your crowd work, it, it never felt like the crowd was like awkward in yes, silence. Yes, they yes. were all like on the edge of their seat. Yeah, like, what's they were ready happen? to have fun with it. Yeah. I was like, man, these guys do it right. <laughs> it's uh it, it is, you know, it's very it's a nice thing to have the fans to, mm-hmm. to be able to kind of have them on your side. Um we're you know we're pretty solid yeah. comedians um and and again the the rapport mm-hmm. i think there's so much when if you're doing the the funny thing about stand up is because you're usually there by yourself you have to like shoulder the whole thing by yourself right, right you're, right. you're the only one on on stage so then when you have two stand ups who are hosting mm-hmm. they both have that instinct and they both <laughs> just are trying to do their thing you yeah. know and, and they're like <laughs> stepping on each other you know yep but so much of ho- i mean now so you know, now Fumi is in LA. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of times I have to, I'm, I'm hosting, but I'll get a co-host, right? So mm-hmm. like, I'll get someone else because it's just more fun. To have, do you, that have you ever FaceTimed him in? I've never <laughs> FaceTimed him in. I've thought about doing it. Um, <laughs> could I do that? I probably could. I, I, it'd be, it'd be funny too, because it's, um, our show is at like around seven ish, mm-hmm. um, at Union Hall, and so that means I would Facetime him during his regular business hours. <laughs> so I, he'd just be in a cubicle, just like, "Hey, what's going on? I'm doing spreadsheets." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm at the show. Hey, say hi." <laughs> no, so I get a I get a different uh, co-host each time, mm. and usually it's a guest from the pod who's, who's okay. done the pod before or or you know, a comedian mm. I'm pretty familiar with, and it's cool because there, you know, you you take turns you're really like in a band you know mm. like the two of you you know um a lot of times i'm the setter i'm just like setting up something for them mm. to hit you know mm-hmm. or uh if i feel they have like something going i'm gonna like i will like kind of step back a little bit yeah or if they're like kind of a little bit more reserved then i'll step forward into that role of like kind of lead yeah but that's really what you know it's 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 different people playing solos at different times is yes. really kind of what it is and yeah. you and you have to know when when it's your turn to do that and when it's not your it's turn tough. to do that. It's very tough. I, and then, of course, you're, to your point, you have to see if the audience is going to be cool with that, yeah. too. Because sometimes you're like, this audience is not liking this. We got to change the subject and yeah. move on. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, at my show, like we only co-host for like the first three minutes up top. Like This is two virgins comedy. Like yeah. Max and I'm David. We're the virgins, whatever. And then we, we try to do some riffing. And the, when we were first starting the show, I was like, okay, we'll do this intro, and then we'll try to move to like this question for crowd work. We tried to plan it, yeah. but there was too much dead air. And I told uh, David, I was like, okay, straight up, if you got something funny to say, just talk over me. We'll just go with it. Okay? <laughs> we're just going That's absolutely all right. That's absolutely right. That's the way to do it. I mean, Otherwise, it's like, oh, am I going to step on their toes? Like, I don't want to... It's yeah, just yeah. like, no, just do it, and it'll be worth it, and the crowd will be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just... Uh, the, you know, right before we go up, Fumi and I was like, okay, these are the three topics we're going to do. Because we always do like the, this, you know, like, where are people from? Are there yeah. any fans in the crowd? And that alone, we can do stuff with that because mm. usually people will say, well, you know, like, oh, who, who drove the furthest to be here? And mm. someone's always like, I'm from New Jersey. I'm like, that's not far at all. Like, yeah. you didn't even drive, <laughs> you took the train. But like, you know, so, you know, you kind of have like these paths you can take. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you have your other things, you know, your, your things in your back pocket you can right. pull out. Um, and then honestly, it's, it's a, it's a lot of 
what Fumi and I can do is, you know, it's the classic improv thing. You know, yeah. we yes and each other like a motherfucker. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. So we both know if there's a game on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. there's something that one of us has said. Like one time, somebody... We we play this game at Hack City. It's called uh, Confessions, which oh, is like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like people <laughs> submit a slip that you know, like a confession of something that makes them a bad Asian. Mm-hmm. And like one time, somebody put up something like, "I like I don't know how to use chopsticks, right? I use I use it like like a little kid <laughs> or something." And you know, you know, and like that in and of itself is like it's funny, mm-hmm. but Fumi took it to this place where it was like he holds it like a baby, and then and because <laughs> it's just a funny way to say it, yeah. So we just like jumped on that. And, you know, me describing it to you here in this podcast doesn't sound super funny. But, but like, ho- holding chopsticks like you're holding a baby. Yeah, holding, you know, like, it's just, it's just a funny thing. And then, like, you could tell that the crowd thought it was funny for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then it was on. And it was yeah. just like, we're just going to fucking blast this into... We almost killed a guy because he was laughing so hard. <laughs> it, was, it was just, you know, once you, you, once you feel like the yeah. chase is on, yeah. then, you, then you really just, like, let loose. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But sometimes you don't. Sometimes there's plenty... You know, I think a lot of comedy is like cut your loss know when to cut your losses yeah know totally. when <laughs> know when like uh okay this set was a c plus and yeah time for me to end on my quote-unquote strong closer <laughs> aka leave right now and just that's all you can yeah, do here's a b minus here's a b minus yeah. <laughs> enjoy have a great night you but know? also i also feel like part of your guys like strong like hosting comes from obviously your rapport and like your podcast yeah. and doing that like yeah a lot of it because i think you mentioned like you guys get together you you would write and hang mm-hmm. out and then you start the podcast and there's a yep. difference between riffing when you're just hanging out and having fun with each other and then being on a podcast and having to filter and be like is this actually like listenable yeah you know? that's such a great that's such a great point and i i don't know how um else to put this but something happens when i put on the headphones yeah <laughs> and talking and yeah. hearing like a lot of people don't like hearing their own voice and i have gotten to the point now where when i hear it like this i'm like oh it's on like i'm like yeah there's a part of my my <laughs> hypotha- hypothalamus which is like okay something's happening yep yep you know what i'm saying there's like some part of my brain that has now been trained to mm. do this because you're absolutely right like when fumi and i come on um you know on zoom because we do it on zoom now mm-hmm. you know we'll just talk like we'll just talk like buddies you know like hey what's yeah, going yeah. on blah, blah blah and then as soon as the podcast starts then we're doing there's no other way to say this it's like we're doing word sex okay <laughs> we're <laughs> we're we're two word porn stars fucking and getting all crazy and it's just like it's a it's it's not fake yeah but it certainly is a little stylized mm. and even the way I'm doing this right now, yeah, yeah, I'm laying out the story beat by beat by beat. This is not how I talk normal, right, normally, right? right? Yeah. Like if <laughs> if I talk like this normally, like while I'm getting coffee with you, you would be like, "This guy is a psychopath." But <laughs> I'm laying out stuff, yeah, and I can tell I'm doing it, even though it's not, it's not fake. This is this is real, right? But I'm doing it in a way so that it is, I hope, listenable. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there is like a there's a skill to, uh talking in front of a microphone with another person that's not just a loose conversation right yeah it's like i i always thought it was like funny like when i when i did my first podcast my co-host he taught me everything about like how to set up the audio and how to record kind of the basics you know yeah and when the first time we put the headphones on i was like oh this is incredible (laughs) (laughs) and like now it's like when people are like oh yeah like we're gonna record podcasts you don't have to wear headphones i'm like 
But what if I want to wear the yeah, headphones? It, it, <laughs> it's so weird how much it really, really helps uh, yeah. having that because it just puts you into into the real mindset of what the podcast is going to or whatever, like any radio right. show. Because this is purely, I mean, I don't know if you, you know, now I know podcasts are out on, on YouTube and shit, but this is an an an, an audio format, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So you yeah. need to have, you need to get into that mental space as much as you can to like right. cancel out all the visuals that you're gonna, you know, have or whatever. So, yeah, so important. I mean, I wish there, I'm like, 10 times more confident mm-hmm. when I can have when I have a microphone and <laughs> I sometimes wish that like if if I was out on the street and somebody was like you know in New York City like messing with me like hey man you know you look like a dork if I could just pull out a microphone and fucking headphones bro <laughs> I would be so fucking confident I would just be like bro you don't even know I would just like riff and like just rip this guy man you know I just know in my brain like I could do it if I had to I, I've I've started doing similar. Yes, <laughs> I've started doing podcasty things in normal conversations where, <laughs> like, sometimes people will be like, "You talk about yourself a little bit too much." I'm like, "Okay," like there'll be like months where I'm like, "I'm going to keep that in check. I'm going to be more engaged and make sure that I'm listening." Well, who says that? Eh, Lee. Oh, really? Oh, okay. well, <laughs> but like when I'm at parties, right? I'll meet a stranger, mm. and now because of especially the format of this show, yes, my go-to is I am like asking them so many questions <laughs> we will get 25 minutes into a conversation before they're like anyways what do you do yeah, like, do you this do? isn't about me, it's it's about like, me. This, no. is, this is my podcast you know, they hear me every week i don't <laughs> have it's not even recorded <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah conversation you, can you, can you uh, center yourself over the mic please <laughs> yeah, thank you like, what the fuck? like yeah. uh yeah why would you want to ask me a question are you crazy <laughs> it, it really is a skill i mean it's it's not easy for um i mean i'll listen to i, li- I like i love i love podcasts in general so mm-hmm. like i'll listen to uh people's podcasts like new comics podcasts mm-hmm. there's this um there's this comic he doesn't have any more he just moved here victor trent and he um he he's like a houston comic and he used to have a uh a um a podcast and i really enjoyed it it's ju- it was just him and his his two friends mm-hmm. but his two friends were not comedians mm-hmm. and it was so interesting to have civilians do because like victor <laughs> yeah. would do these things where he's like man you know, I haven't gotten laid in so long and I'm poor and blah, blah, blah. And like the, his friends were, who were being good humans yeah. would just be like, oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's not yeah. the way to do it. You just no. be like, yeah, you suck, dude. Also, you smell, <laughs> you know, like, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's a skill to be able to kind of like hit the ball back and forth yeah. and do different things like that. So do the yes and the yes and whatever, you know, like the podcast, the interview mm. skill, the whatever it is. So, so that you can, you know, get something going. You know? Also, like, this is something that I learned. It is, this didn't take long, but learning the automatic filtering. I think there's, like, mm. a tendency, especially when you're, like, I always think of the microphones and the headset. It feels like you're having, like, a private conversation with, like, the cups on strings, you know? <laughs> it's like we can just talk about secrets. And, <laughs> and then you, like, a couple weeks into making a podcast, you're like, Oh no! I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't say all the secrets. Say every single thing <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. 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 You, there's like an urge. It's like some people get that urge with stand up. They go to an open mic and they're like, "Oh, I have the microphone. I can say, I can whatever, say whatever I, I want. want." No. The answer is no. But I get that urge <laughs> with the podcast. I'm like, "But I could." <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. People are like, "Oh, you got to edit that part out." I'm like, "I don't edit shit out. That's I just so funny. I boost the audio. In fact, it'll be clearer when you said that." <laughs> <laughs> hey, man! If it works, it works. That's all I can say, man. That's like the, that's always the most. The, if it, does it work? If it works, it stays. So. so, what what are your favorite podcasts besides your own? Um, 
let's see here. Feeling Asian is okay. like the really big one I really like. Um, so it's with uh, Yumi Meyer and uh, Brian Park. Did, did which one came first? Did you guys start? We before? came first. Okay. Although I think they have now surpassed us. That's like always. That's like the story of mm. me and Fumi's life. Is <laughs> we will do something, and then someone else will come along and do it way better than us, mm. <laughs> and just crush. It. No. Well, also, Young Me is like kind of getting some steam on like TikTok right for now. For sure. So, and she's like, I mean, it all makes sense because she's she's like she's always been kind of like a meme person. So like it, it, yeah. she has that, she just, she just thinks like that, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. So, um, yeah, feeling Asians, a, a real big one. Jeez. What, what do I have on here? Um, then I listen to a lot of like history podcasts. Oh, nice. Do you ever listen to, um, uh, it's called hardcore history. Mm-hmm. So it's like, not at all like a comedy podcast. Okay. He yeah. is, he's like a talk radio guy. Yeah. And, um, and he just tells these, history stories of like they're very well researched but he's not like a professional historian he's like Mm -hmm. a professional storyteller so he'll tell you this crazy story about like the first assyrian empire Mm -hmm. but he does it in a way where you're like holy fuck those fucking assyrians are crazy like it's so (laughs) intense and so he's 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 a good like narrator yeah like he'll pull in historical shit you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and he'll like do different like things but he just brings it to life in a way that you're like like i can't even imagine you know it, you know like history being like that yeah yeah and and i you know i think that's an important thing to like be able to turn things which people might not think of as being interesting into yes. something that's like so intense yeah um so you know it's, it's stuff like that i love yeah shit like that man you ever listen to behind the bastards no what? Oh, it's one of my favorites what is it so it's a journalist robert evans mm-hmm. and he's like He's been to like all sorts of war zones and oh, stuff. Shit. He's like, he's he's just like he's a wild dude. But he basically the whole show is he he does episodes on like terrible people and terrible things in history, and he he brings a comedian in blind, oh, and he man. has like all this research and a script. So he's like describing all these horrible things that these people do. <laughs> oh my god! And they just like riff on it. But there's it. He's so good at this. Like he's like. He'll to make like a a two part episode one week. He'll read like three or four books yep. and all these articles. Like he's in it, and I'm like, I cannot imagine yep. doing research for a nope. podcast yep. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but he he's great. He's like he's fun. He's just like this crazy like gun toting leftist dude who's just that is like so funny. It's it's a good time. And I yeah I like it, but I can't imagine doing a no podcast way that uh, hell no nah, no nah. i mean we we do research uh when we have guests and, mm-hmm. and we like we'll pull stuff and we'll like listen to podcasts but like yeah to like really <laughs> to like really like really prepare i'm yeah. like come on this is why I, <laughs> this is why i do stand up man okay yeah. like i don't i want to do as little research as possible i want most of my jokes to be factually incorrect yeah um so and i've been preparing for three years and i have 15 minutes of material dude <laughs> that's <laughs> yes that's that's exact i've been doing this for seven years and i have about two minutes i swear to fucking god so yeah here we are so who who have been uh your favorite do you have any like favorite guests that you've had on asian not asian or yeah um a, a lot of writers a lot of um mm-hmm. minjin lee um vietan nguyen mm-hmm. um the you know they they are novelists um mm-hmm. and like writers in general like journalists and, and that sort of thing they have they just like think about the world a lot right you know? they they're not just like writing pretty words they mm-hmm. they really are trying to like in they're doing what a stand-up is supposed to do really like in, <laughs> yeah. like ingesting information and like right. sort of ordering it in a way that's like digestible mm. so i generally find like journalists are real good um minjin lee is she's also like a like an english professor so, so is Vietnam to win but it, it like 
when you when we had her on, she was so mind blowing. I, I there there literally after her podcast because mm-hmm. of the way she had sort of opened my eyes to things. I was able to write two or three new jokes because of her viewpoint. Whoa! You know, she was <laughs> she was talking about how um, oh, what was she talking about? She was talking about watch uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, Watchmen. What was that? What it is? The uh, the, the graphic novel. The, the graphic novel that then now became like then it became like a TV. Oh yeah, series yes, right? Yes. And she was talking about how because in in that world. Uh, America won the Vietnam War, and mm-hmm. so Vietnam is part of America. Mm-hmm. And she was just saying, like, how weird it is that these are technically American citizens, right? In in mm-hmm. the universe, these are American citizens. Yeah. And you know, she was saying, what well, you know, why? But why are they not American? Like, they're so Vietnamese still. And it was just such a different viewpoint. It, and that's mm-hmm. like what I, I think a good standup is like. What if you looked at it from this way? Right, right. right. Change your viewpoint. And she mm-hmm. was able to do that for me. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, I think and, I know a joke you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, jokes <laughs> fall out of that because you're like, oh my God, what if I wrote a joke from the viewpoint of this person? And so yeah. that's really, it was really cool and you know, made me want to quit stand-up. All the, the best guests always make you, you me want to quit stand-up because yeah. I'm just like, nope, I want to do whatever you do, whatever <laughs> that is. Um, Sometimes I have people on here and I'm just like, like especially like older people who sure. are in like their late fifties or like sixties or whatever. And wow. they come on. It's like those guests for me yeah. are the ones that are like, all right, I'm not going to quit anything. And probably in 20 years, I'll be some fucking wizard at this. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's so awesome. The depth of knowledge, the depth and experience, of real depth of knowledge. Yes. It's like I'm, I'm so sorry that this is only 90 minutes. Cause like you have five hours of stuff to talk about. There's just, <laughs> like, yeah. There's just like, a, you know, meeting a true craftsman at something is yeah. like so amazing um and the, the age experience as well yeah like yeah because a lot of i feel like i interview people in their 20s and their yeah. 30s mostly yep. and so there's still all no matter how good you are at something at this age there's still an aspect of like well i'm just farting around like you know, <laughs> <laughs> just fucking around out here <laughs> yeah i mean um who else do we like we like um asa akira She's, mm. She was actually on relatively early. I think we had really? her on, like, I mean, not, I mean, like, relatively. So, like, maybe she was, like, in the 80s of oh, that wow. podcast, right? And and she was really, she was super sweet. Um, I've heard her on Tiger Belly a few times. Yeah. She's, she's great. She's great. Um, She definitely, you know, she's, she obviously has, she's, she had a podcast for a while of mm-hmm. her own, and she's been a guest a bunch of times, so she kind of, like, knows what to do. Yeah. And she was just, like, so... um. This is another thing. A lot of times, a lot of guests who we we love mm-hmm. love us. Oh, so they okay. like they're like, oh, actually, I'm a I'm I'm like a I'm big an fan anal. of yours. Yeah, I'm an anal. <laughs> yeah, yeah a, a, and and a, a Asa was like very much like, oh man, I don't know how you guys do stand up. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like <laughs> this, and she's like, yeah, this is way too crazy for me. I'm like, you're the queen of butt stuff. It's like it, it's, <laughs> and it makes no sense. Um, the ultimate Asian not Asian listener. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. We had. Um, I'm gonna be real with you. It took me uh, a full year to figure out what anal stood for. <laughs> It's a very contentious nickname that really? we have. Yeah, so a- a- anal for people who listen, Asian, not Asian listener. Uh, a listener had come up with that. So we're like, oh, this is great. Um, but like, I swear, like maybe like half the people, half of our listeners like it and half the other, the other half are like, eh. so, but, which, which is very much our brand. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, we had Randall Park on and mm-hmm. he's amazing. He's a super nice guy. He's exactly what he's like off you know like he was just super cool uh, and also a fan of it he was like yeah i listen to you guys i was like this is 
fucking crazy. That's so that cool. he listens to us. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, we've been very lucky to have like a lot of like really interesting folks. That's like, that's like, I've I have not experienced that yet. I can't imagine <laughs> that. Like you hit up someone, it's like a like oh they're, they're like very credible, and then it's like oh no, they don't listen. To the yeah, yeah, they listen. What? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's like the nice thing, you know, is uh, you know, we've been around for a little bit. We I don't want to say we're like groundbreaking because there have been mm-hmm. other things but like a you know sort of identity based comedy podcast yes. is something i think that is relatively new you mm-hmm. know um and uh, especially for asian americans yes and so um you know i think people in the universe have th- i would say that there is a non-zero chance that any asian celebrity has heard of us like you know what i'm saying so like yeah. <laughs> i'm sure ken jeong someone has mentioned it to him yeah he probably didn't pay attention but it's there's a non-zero mm. chance that he you know knows of us and stuff so that's a good outlook it's, a, it's encouraging that's what i think i always yeah. think about it. there's a non-zero chance that it's that's happening and i feel like when uh when i first got to new york city it was like your podcast was like one of the big ones. Oh, thanks. And there was also Mango Bay. Mango Bay. So it's like, and you guys are good friends. <laughs> yeah, we and are. And it's like, the show is like, it's like the same show, but for two different That is so of funny. Yeah. <laughs> and if you listen to it, Mango Bay's experience is absolutely fucking bonkers. Yeah. Like, hit, their show is insane. <laughs> like, you want to talk about yes and into like the depths of hell? Yeah. Usama is like a crazy person. <laughs> Pranav too is like, I mean, they're great. They're so funny. They're great guys. But it's like a completely different mm-hmm. energy. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you, uh, it's f- me and Fumi. We're kind of like a light, you know, matcha tea. And they're like doing shrooms laced with acid. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and, and it's just it, crazy. Um, I am curious, like, you know, so, um, you know, nice enough for you to have me here. And, and, and Lee's, you know, your partner's super nice. Um. And uh, I'm a big fan of you guys as far as like just working. Like <laughs> I forget Appreciate it. how much, you know, work all this is, you know. So, you know, I, I'm always curious about like what the sort of perception the other way is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like what do people think of the podcast who are quote unquote newer comics? Which uh-huh. is like a weird distinction. I'm not trying to make you seem, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, in my mind, three years and 10 years is the same. In no. my mind, it's like we're all the same, you know. We're all sitting here yeah. just trying to figure it out. We're all fucking around, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just farting around. Out we're here. just farting around out here. Because okay, so I know because uh, Lee introduced me to your show. Sure, yeah. And she was like a fan. She was a listener. And yeah. There was one week that you came to the open mic uh, I was hosting at Buka, just out of nowhere, and Lee yeah. Lee was there, mm-hmm. and I like I called you up on stage to do it. She's like, "That's my Mike Nguyen," and I was like. <laughs> Okay, yeah, he signed up as just a comedian. She's like, no, he's the host of <laughs> Asian, not Asian. I was like, is that a big one? She's like, yes, it's huge. <laughs> so it's like she she definitely listened to a lot. We the couple road trips that we've been on, we oh, definitely nice. tune in for a few that's episodes cool. here that's and there. Cool. But yeah, it's it's cool. We're 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 big fans. And also, one thing that I appreciate is like, okay, so you know, like the the you like the starstruck kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. I so. She really loves your guys' shows and respects it a lot. She yeah. thinks you guys are great. Yeah. Because I'm not like I didn't come in as like a fan. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm I'm more like it's easier for me to just like talk to you guys <laughs> as people, right? <laughs> and it's like, but it's cool because like you have done our shows a couple yeah. various times. Yeah. Like, and you're all you're like a very accessible person oh, and you're okay. very friendly. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because when it's like, oh, like 
she perceives that like, oh, these guys are amazing and they're up here, but it's like, oh no, but they can still like hang. They're like normal people who are friendly. You yeah, know? <laughs> I mean that's what it's all about. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm always like, uh, like I hope that there's, especially since the pandemic, I feel like the scene has like kind of turned over. Yeah, you know, it's friendly. Um, yeah, it's it's friendlier. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of new people, yes. and a lot of times I'm, it's weird because I want to go to a show. But I'll stand there and I'm like, I don't know any of these people. Like, they're yeah. new comics. And in their minds, I'm the new comic because they've never seen me before. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's always interesting to kind of like understand that dynamic as far as... Mm. <laughs> because in my mind, there's two kinds of fame. There's, yeah, yeah. there's uh, fame fame, but then there's also community fame. Right. And you need to really have both because you need to be yes. famous in your community so that people can put you up on a show or, yes. you know, rep you for something. And to have heat, I guess you would yeah. say, right? Like, I would say the person who has the most heat right now is, like, Dylan Adler. You know, yes. like, mad heat. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. <laughs> yeah. Best guy ever. Super funny. Super talented. You know, and so he has that. And he's, you know, I think that will propel him into the fame fame. Yes. You know, and ideally you have, you know, both of those things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm always, it's, it's an interest. I mean, you know, we're students sort of of, of social dynamics. Yes. And I think I'm always curious about that. So what I think is like kind of interesting about what you're saying there is like the community fame versus like the broader fame. Right. And I think it's interesting when people don't have that, that gets yes. the broader fame. Yes. They don't have the community yes. fame. Yes. And it's like a comedian will blow up and then all the comedians who like knew them will be like, we don't claim them. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> that person sucks. Yeah. It's so <laughs> interesting how that is. And, and um, you know, or, or sometimes you'll have someone who, you know, has kind of a little bit of a following and yeah. they'll, they'll go to somewhere new and, and people don't know what to think, of, excuse me, of this person yet. So it, it's, it's, um, it is something I always think about, like trying to have sort of that street cred, I yeah. guess you could say. And ideally you have, again, I think the best comics have both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they ends up helping the community. You can like bring your people with you and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, and then if you, if you don't, and if the community sort of disavows you, then, <laughs> then you're just kind of like stuck in your, you know, little bubble by yourself and you right. know, you're, it's harder, it's harder to do. But I think you guys have like some pretty good community clout. Like lots of people know you, especially like the more experienced comedians are like pretty familiar with you guys. I, I hope so because I need people to put me on their shows and that's, <laughs> that's really what this is about. Um, yeah. you know, I need to get on these, these young cats shows and, and, um, you know, I respect what you know, you do and, and what Lee does and, and, you know, a lot because it's tough. It's like, <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. And it's a grind. I'll say yeah. that like in a few years, you'll look back and you'll say this was the good time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like, there's no stakes, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and you can just do whatever you want. But at the same time, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's a grind. It's totally again, again and again. And Here's what you, know. you do though. You uh you go, you go to some like new open mics, tiny cupboard, you scout out all the new Asian comedians, <laughs> you have them on the podcast. <laughs> and then when those comedians start doing shows, oh, good one. they'll remember. They'll be like, oh Mike Nguyen, he he hooked it up. I mean, you know, it's it's nice because uh, there I've been I've been to probably three open mics since the pandemic. And again, it's not because I don't I'm like too good for them or something. It's <laughs> it's just like honestly, I just don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of times I just don't know what back in the back in the day when i was a young no back in the day before the pandemic yes there was a listing of of mics but they were not all a gonna happen or be good or whatever right 
you'd have to like ask someone and mm. oh yeah there's a bucket but it's heavily rigged or you know there's like this or that and <laughs> you know yeah. yeah this one is only for pedophiles and you're just like <laughs> okay so you had to find the ones that were uh workable you right, know what i'm right. saying yes. like and it wasn't is i've been, <laughs> there's so many mics where i went and be it's like a three-hour-long mic, and the and I was like the last person, and now there's only one person left who's then mm. it's the host and whatever, and I'm just like I can't I can't do that I don't have I come on we have know? we have since uh, eliminated those mics Thank for God. the most part like I'd say like eighty percent of the mics are a fifteen to twenty person pre-sign up. And yes, everyone okay, gets five. I've seen that. I've seen that. And like my my buddy Sasha does a ten person pre sign up mic, and it's called uh uh what is it? straight up splendid because he's like ten people in this small room. We all stay because everyone can stay for one hour. Yeah, that's fine. You all do five. You keep the energy up, and then you don't hate being there. Yes. So long. Oh my I'm god, like, yeah. that sounds great. I mean, <laughs> I've done I've done so many mics of the creek in the cave. So oh. many just going into that basement. 30 smelly <laughs> sex offenders i have no idea like they're just these and we're just like all hating it and we hate each other and we hate ourselves for being here and it's just uh but yeah so um <laughs> what is it so yeah i've been to a few and it's it's nice because like if again if there isn't a, a, a young asian comedian there is a non-zero chance they know who i am because of something so i'm like this is great so you can you tell everybody else that yeah. i am a comedian and i have done this before and so that they won't like no that's, not everybody's been very nice that's but what happened to me i met uh lee when she just go. started stand she elbows me she's like they're a big deal i'm like oh i guess they're a big deal <laughs> i need asian comedians to tell white comedians i'm a big deal that's mm, entirely why yep. i started this podcast <laughs> it's not about anything else not about it yeah it's this just, is the ultimate long con play a long con it's like you're you get the asian comedian she tells her uh future boyfriend about it then somewhere down the road you get on this podcast yes eventually yeah. yes exactly <laughs> it's all coming to fruition now yeah. i saw this i i i i, I preordained this eight years ago <laughs> no but i would like to hope that the, you know eventually this pays off and the person the white guy that is impressed is like stephen colbert and he, yeah. he puts me on <laughs> that's that's the real long con here so. i think also one thing that's kind of cool about you guys having like you and fumi as hosts of your show though is that like because you're both doing other things independently like if one of you blows up in some regard or in a community, people are going to be like, "Oh, what's his podcast?" And then it kind of like know, feeds fully. back into it. You yeah, know? yeah. And let's be clear, Fumi's the one blowing up. I'm the <laughs> one who is just going to farmers markets. I don't know. Um, no, it, it is cool, and it yeah, we you know it's cool. We have like kind of like a two coast situation, and obviously Fumi's doing real well. So like coastal elites, we're we're, <laughs> we're definitely by coastal elites. I'm I'm drinking the blood of virgin children, and mm. it's it's great. So yeah, trying to take guns out of people's hands, you know. So I don't know. <laughs> that got weird. But yeah, I feel like uh yeah, I think it it's also just like having the podcast is like i feel like it's like a good foundational thing you know yeah especially because yeah. you guys have like pretty good listenership so it's like no matter what you have people tuning in for that show you know it's it's cool i mean the cool thing is um you know uh, a true fan mm. is worth so much yes. you know i mean not just like monetarily but just like someone who really like fucks with your vision mm -hmm. is like so cool and um that is really the name of the game for yeah. what we're doing. You know, mm -hmm. obviously we're trying to be funny, but we're really trying to get fans. Right, right. And a true fan, like 
it's better for you to have like a hundred true fans than the, like ten thousand Instagram fans. You need you, you need yeah. I, I did um, I, I remember we were doing the podcast and then when I got married, this is in two thousand and eighteen. Mm. So we had been doing the podcast for just like a year or two, and uh, maybe yeah, just like a year. And I I went to Japan and uh, part of my honeymoon, and I did I, I hit up like this little tiny. They have an expat comedy scene in Tokyo. Mm. And they were nice enough to put me up on on a show of theirs, and like two fans came to that show. Whoa! And it blew my <laughs> fucking mind. I was like, "This is insane!" Not just that that you know at that point, no, I, I wasn't getting a lot of fans coming into my regular fucking America mm. shows, right? But that people decide to come to in, from Japan. I was in Japan, and two people knew who I was <laughs> and came out specifically to see me. Yeah, that is. It's fucking awesome and that's um, so cool so cool and you know it, it's once you start getting things like that it's like that's really really where like you know what this is about right like the, that the kind of value i guess you and especially say. when you go to when i go to the hack city shows and you go you're like how many anals do we have out there yeah <laughs> and like three quarters of the crowd class that's it's what like, whoa yeah that's what you want you want to have mm-hmm. like that kind of uh thing because you know you can uh you, you you can do something with that. I mean, yes, and not, yeah. I, again, I'm not trying to say like you know like sell the merch. You know, right, like, right. You can really kind of um, work on something bigger yeah. with them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like whatever mm. whatever that ends up being, wh- whether it's um, going to see a show or you just feel like people can come together and there's like a fun community there. Totally, so it's just, which is awesome. One thing that I I don't I like my my this show listenership. I will estimate that I have. 15 loyal fans okay perfect because that is the floor uh-huh. for like the if, if my podcast guest comes on and does not share it there are always 15 people who okay, listen if go. they do share it it can go like up to like 80 or 90 like yep. it can really stretch but i'm like okay there's just this core group of people but then i look at um like you know lucas arnold uh-huh, yeah <laughs> so good friends with him and i told him i was like dude like you got this huge tiktok following yeah and i've got this podcast that's growing i was like he was like, I thought about like streaming, but I just don't know about it. And I was like, dude, you can play Pokemon on your Switch and you already have a fan base. Yeah. You just fucking upload that to Twitch. You have a streaming platform. Yeah. Because you have an yes. audience. Because you have an audience. You can do any project you do yes. will automatically have a little steam in it. Exactly. You know? That's exactly right. That's a that's a, exactly the right way to think about it. You can kind of like take and see what your, you know, audience is going to want to watch or right. listen to or whatever they're going to fuck around with, you know, for us, a lot of times we try to convert that into, you know, obviously live shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that, because we like doing them. We're strong in that, you know, I'm not super yeah. strong in playing Pokemon. So yeah. like, <laughs> you know, but maybe, I don't know, you know, but it is like an option, an, a, a thing you can do. And you've end up feeling kind of, um, you know, uh, beholden to them a little bit, yeah. you know, yes. uh, there's a lot of times when, when at hack city, I'm, I'm trying to, curate something for them you know i'm mm-hmm. i owe it to them because they support me i'm trying to yes so yeah, i'm, I'm yeah, making yeah. sure that like the show is good and all these things and i'm you know that you know it's not weird or anything mm-hmm. like that right because that these are like my people you totally know? so you you end up trying to um you know make sure that the projects you are you, you're trying to put out there are getting some of that yeah absolutely yeah. i have a i have one one of my close friends listens to every episode of this podcast <laughs> and he gives me feedback on yeah. every episode yeah there you go <laughs> and every time he gives me feedback i'm like okay i gotta 
this next one, we're going to avoid that problem. We're going to make it good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing this for you, Campbell, and I know you're listening. <laughs> have, you, have, you had, have you encountered like a lis- listener? Like listeners um, out in the wild? Right now, because of like a lot of the guests uh-huh. I have on, the, a lot of my listeners that I bump into in the wild are friends of oh. comics or performers I've had on that's here. That's cool. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I listened to your podcast. I listened to these two episodes. Yeah. And I'm like, that's still great. Like, that's great. My whole, my whole strategy is I have someone on the show. Mm-hmm. We do an episode. It goes out. They share it. Their friends will probably yep. come and listen. And maybe one of their friends likes that's, me enough to listen to another episode. That's exactly, <laughs> you know, I mean, I... I in my day job i work in like kind of marketing advertising stuff and you know there's always that acquisition funnel as people talk about and it it is so really how that is you know Mm -hmm. whether you're fucking pepsi or you're you're comedian with a podcast it's like yeah like you know when fumi did uh colbert he got Mm. he had a late night set i mean that gets you know i mean actually his his video did really well Uh, can't remember how many people saw it but Mm -hmm. let's say three hundred thousand people saw it or something like that 300,000 people out of that, you know, you get like 10% will kind of like dig a little deeper and they'll like maybe click around and, and find his, you know, his podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's 30,000. And then 3,000 might actually listen to it. Right. Yeah, that's 3,000. And then you get, you know, and we would, you know, we you see a little bump in like listeners and stuff of like that. And out of all those people, maybe we get like 30 new listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's 30, you know, yeah. like that's 30 new fans, mm-hmm. net new fans who will like whatever, you know, do stuff and see us again. and. It's cool. It's like it's it's very difficult to to do that, and uh, so much of it is just about. That's what good is good about TikTok. Yeah. is like the sheer reach. You know, you get like a million views yeah. or something. But but the trickle down, the from trickle that? down to pull them all the way down into someone who will come and pay to see a show. Yes. is like is very very tricky. But once you do, you got them. Yeah. you know, and that's really really cool. I mean, I had a, I had Lucas on my weekly show a couple months ago. Kind of a dead show. Bad weather. We had like eight audience members five of them were there just to see lucas that's crazy, and right? i was like this is amazing yeah but also i know you have more than two million followers <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty small percentage but it worked <laughs> it worked it worked and it's like uh you know that that you you could kind of i've seen i've seen it when people can really do something real good like that like you know um, um ronnie chang like yes he can he can tweet that he's somewhere and yeah. people will show up you yes. know what i'm saying and and he'll have to do it right before mm. because it'll get too crowded, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, it's cool because people obviously know him for stand-up. Right. so that's why, like you know, for sure, people will come in and mm. and that conversion is higher, I guess. Um, but yeah, and yeah, so it's uh, it's it's a it's a weird. We're like comedians; we're just like marketing dorks, really. When it comes to it, it's crazy. We're just <laughs> sitting there making PowerPoint presentations and talking about the acquisition funnel literally every time like the first time we started producing a show i was like you're telling me i gotta sit down and make a flyer and yeah. share this and now i gotta boost the post on facebook yes, and hope boosted. that like it's so funny how many crazy. boosted instagram things i get on instagram now all the time <laughs> i'm always like oh it looks like this guy learned how to do it so <laughs> yeah and it's just like you know like getting their emails and like get, you know trying to get on the skins or whatever the it's you know so much i'm like why why can't you guys just be fans of everyone i got on my lineup and just come through come yeah, on <laughs> it's so hard i mean yeah. you know uh, i i think there are there is a lot of people who um like me i guess you could say like fans i get I'm, i don't yeah. know how else to say it but you know for sure, I mean, just you're competing against New York City, right? Which is like at any given time, 
There are know, ten other shows. Ten other shows. <laughs> yeah. Drake might show up and do a <laughs> set randomly in the park. Like random shit will happen. So it, it's it's always tough. So any yeah. anytime some one person comes, you're just like, okay, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think sometimes I think about it, I'm like. I could uh I could be doing comedy in the Midwest and be rolling in cash and audience <laughs> members that I'm like, but then I'd be in Iowa. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I always feel um maybe I don't know how you you sort of perceive, but I always feel like mid Midwest comics they they're it's not like their jokes aren't super sharp, like super sharp, yeah, you know, discreet jokes, but. They're comfortable being on stage for like thirty minutes at a time, yeah. you know. Whereas New York, it's like we're we got like all sorts of fucking crazy ass bits or like fucking fuck you up, you know. But we only got like six minutes, yeah. <laughs> and then and then we're like, hmm, now we're kind of you know. <laughs> so like ideally, you're doing both of those things, but yeah, it's, especially even like pre-pandemic where it's like everyone, you all need a tight five, but everyone's only doing two and a half. Yeah, yes. And then it's like you get a ten minute spot. It's like I have three minutes of yes. 10 minutes like you want me to turn two and a half into 10 so i'm just gonna say i'm just gonna like slow yes i it slow down. it down <laughs> but it's cool but you know when i for just again like when i did that show in japan just like seeing and, and there was like there mm. were funny dudes but like they were they're just like very long jokes, yeah, like yeah very long setups very long <laughs> long punchlines. i guess you could say like a long thing i'm like i get it i get it you know and so when I was there, it's just like, it's like heroin, you know, I'm just, yeah. I'm just like blasting them with people. I actually had to like slow down. I could tell the crowd was getting <laughs> tired from laughing. I was like, oh, I got to slow down. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, uh, you know, I think you, you, you can, you need to have both of those things. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd love to do, I haven't done, obviously I haven't done a lot of Midwest stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I think it would be cool to go out there and just try. And I'm sure, you know, that's like a different, it's like, it's like playing. I don't know jazz, man. You know, mm. just like vibing on stage, man. You know, I, I I've done one show mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yeah, I was near Chicago on a business trip, and okay. a, a a comedian who is brothers with one of my comedian friends out here was like, he came to my mic one time, and then I was like, oh, I hit cool. him up. I was like, Yo, dude, I'm in Chicago. Do you have any recommendations for comedy? And he was like, Oh, you should just do a spot on my show. And I was oh, like, nice. Tight. And it was great. It was just like there was like an audience. And How many like, people were there? It was like a rooftop bar. Like mm. this is probably like August, I think. Okay. And there must have been like thirty or thirty-five people on this oh, rooftop. Shit. There and you it, go. It was like it was really good, and they loved my set. And I was like, so I don't suck. I just awesome. like I'm used to this like this New York City being like just being berated by like disappointment <laughs> and like compete competition. It's yeah. like oh, if I leave, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I always, you know, we were talking about being nervous. That's the time I actually get a little nervous. Is like I went out to LA a few weeks ago, um, and they're like all the way from New York yes, City. Yes, so like I did like two shows out there. Yeah. One of them was like, and I don't know if you ever been like done in LA. Mm, haven't yet. It's like everybody there is like, oh look at me, I'm so beautiful. <laughs> look at you know, I'm also rich. You know, like it's just like uh, like young hot people. Yes, which is always a challenge. I yeah. feel because sometimes they don't want to laugh because like, cool they're too cool. It. Yeah, but they they, are, they aren't, the crowd end up being great actually. But it's so hard because you're like, there's other LA comics, yeah. you know. Um, the host used to live in New York, and so she knew who I was, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. But like all these other people, it was so funny because I was looking at the lineup, and literally everyone else had a blue check Instagram account. Do you know what I'm saying? Whoa. Like everybody else was like, oh, this is somebody. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I gotta go up there, and like that was the time. I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, you feel like, okay, I gotta really. You got a blue check mark, but I'm a New York yeah, comedian. You know, so <laughs> yeah. I'm like really trying to make sure I get them. And I'm like setting the bar really high for myself. And like, it was okay, you know, but 
you know, like that's that's the time I'll get nervous is is when I'm trying to impress yeah. someone in the audience. Like, you know, and yes. usually other comics, like one of audience members, whatever. But like, you know, I'm trying to impress like blue check Chad yeah. guy. <laughs> that, that's how I felt in this Chicago show. Like, I mean, it's all local comics. They're yeah. all, they were all really nice. Yeah, yeah. But they bring me up. And our first comedian, he's all the way from New York City. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. They, they're like, they're ex- expecting good. And I'd like crushed. And I was like, I did it. I met the expectations. Yes. And all that's the comedians, I'm like, listen, if you're ever in New York, hit me hey, up. Yeah, I'll get hey, you on the yeah, show. Yeah, get you some like, fucking bagels here, hey? Just let me know. I'll get you I, some you stage know, not time. a big deal, hey? You know. Listen, any use in the city, I'm like, <laughs> you let me know. I'll get you <laughs> 10 minutes on a bar show. <laughs> You get into your limousine that yeah. you're driving. <laughs> that I that I rented. <laughs> you rented. Just leave. Uh, yeah. Mike, this has been awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on. I feel like we could have talked about fashion more, but we got some cool stuff up top. I um, I do think so. Yeah. I mean, I th- yeah, I love yeah. I think uh I think you should start a fashion TikTok. <sighs> that's you know, my that's my side project so... I'm pitching to you. Are you are you big on TikTok? I, I consume a lot of TikTok. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Can can we talk very quickly yes. about it? Because so during the pandemic, I was putting out all sorts of shit. And I was just trying stuff. And I yeah. had a couple that hit pretty hard. I have a couple of TikToks that are over a million views. Mm-hmm. And now I have like 10,000 followers, let's just say. Um, but I mean, I don't know how else to put this other than... I see all these I see all the other TikToks that are like mm-hmm. doing well and I get why they're funny but I'm like I don't have something to offer that's like this. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like I feel oh, okay. like it's like oh it's like a it, I'm generalizing but it's like it's a cute girl doing a dance. It's a social media I mean it's a it's like a social justice warrior person doing a funny meme thing. You know, it's a mm-hmm. you know it, it's a it's a it's a bro sports thing, yeah. you know? And I I always wonder, like even when I see a fashion thing, it's like, um, you know, like a it's it's a it's a it's a cute it's a cute girl or a cute guy, and they're doing, you know, like um something where it looks like they're changing really fast, you know, or whatever, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and I always think if, w- like, as a person who consumes a lot of TikTok, what kind of TikToks would you want from someone like me? Because <laughs> I, I was we had we had Dana Donnelly on, okay. She's like a big, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Twitter, I follow her on Twitter. Twitter person, yeah. and she. <laughs> I tried to turn this into a bit, but she, she's like, "Yeah, Mike, you're really wise." And I was like, "This is the weirdest. It's a weird compliment <laughs> because I know she's trying to be nice, and she was. She was very sweet, and, and she was very smart. But it's just funny to be called wise, like yeah. you're an owl or something. Yeah, and I'm just like, damn. But but then I was like, what kind of stuff does a wise person put out? <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. Like, I was trying to think. I don't know. I'm putting it out there as someone who puts. If you were to see a TikTok. There's me. I got on my cardigan. <laughs> what kind of shit is like, would you be like, oh, interesting. I think one thing that's interesting about you is like, I mean, you're very friendly and open and stuff. Pretty wise. I think you got a wise <laughs> vibe. I think you got a wise vibe. <laughs> but like, I feel like in, in the scope of like your fashion, I like, I'm not good at fashion. Like mm. I, I, I dress like I joke that the way I dress is uh, I dress like I am in the parking lot of a ski resort and I'm about <laughs> to put on my real gear. <laughs> like that's, that's exactly right. That's a, it's a, just like it. track suits, hoodies. I'm like cozy, functional. Yeah. That's like that's my whole thing. But like you, when I would see you at some shows, it's like okay, he's got like a streetwear Hawaiian shirt thing going. Oh, some I days, see. like today, I'm like I don't know what the thought process was, uh. but like you have like a confidence about it and you pull it off so it works or like the one time you came to our rooftop mic you had like 
I just remember you had like a like a billion fucking things clipped to your bag. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think there's like something where it's like what would be interesting about you is like one, you're a comedian. Two, I mean, you have this like interesting fashion sense, and I think the thought process behind why you put these things together because one thing that people on TikTok are drawn to is someone who knows what they're talking about or oh, at yeah. least seems like they know what they're talking yeah. about be like yeah. even if you did like if you did like an outfit of the day type video bullshit you know you're like do a voiceover like yeah i'm going to this comedy show tonight or i'm doing this and i'm headed oh. here and then here's here's what i'm i decided to wear here's why whatever that's, that's like so interesting very very clean very normal but it creates a periodic sense like that's something you can put together in maybe 20 to 30 minutes you can then if you do that every day then there's a backlog and then of people stuff, can people... just scroll through oh. and be like, oh, okay, interesting. Cause I think in my take on like the fashion stuff yeah. is we're in an era where every, every decade of fashion is now normalized. It's kind of yep. like free for all. I, I agree with that. So people don't really have, there's not like a, there's, there's like a couple trends that you can kind of cling to right now. It's like, Oh, I need the biggest pants and the tiniest shirt. Whatever. <laughs> But, like, generally, it's kind of open-ended. So I think a lot of people who are into that content are looking for, like, like unique spins on things or mm. something that they can be like, oh, this person has, like... Because you have a broad spectrum of how you dress. Mm. So they're like, okay, here's kind of the elements I like, here's the elements I don't like, and here's how to kind of put those things together. Mm. It, it's kind of like... I complain about this. I've complained about this in the show before, but I feel like everybody nowadays... Uh, has an aesthetic but no identity and it creates oh. this like like weird juxtaposition where it's like you can dress however you want and it should express who you are but everyone's like but how do i express who i am and that's yeah. where you start to see these like weird combinations of stuff that's such an interesting way to think about it no mm. so all aesthetic no all identity. aesthetic no identity it's like when i see when i see people now who dress like like being a metalhead and like having been in like mm. a punk scene yes. when I was younger, even in the punk scene, when I see people who are very intentionally dressing punk, I'm like, the thing is, is you have married this aesthetic, but because of the way this aesthetic is, I expect these things from you. Yes. Like, you better not fucking have a job, dude. Like, you better, <laughs> like, like Bro, you, if you have a 401k, I'm so fucking Yeah, pissed. it's like, it's like, you're, there's no way you're, you can, in my book, you still cannot have a face tattoo yes. and like have a normal work life. That is, is a, like, that is such an interesting way to put it because I definitely feel this is just like sort of a weird mm-hmm. aside, and I know we're sort of over time now, but whatever. <laughs> um, like for a fun. while, for a while, like a lot of you tell us when we're at time, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we're not at time. Uh, we, <laughs> I, I do feel especially now, like young people, like Bushwick kids. Yes, there's a mixing of different. Um, subcultures, yeah. which is is cool, I, and I and I think it's I get mm-hmm. it. But if you had mixed those subcultures back when those subcultures were more prevalent, it would be a serious problem. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. like people are putting together like like a, a punk thing with mm-hmm. also a rap thing. And yeah, like yeah. In the nineties, you there was a very much there was very much a gang mentality, even mm-hmm. if you weren't in a gang. But yeah. like, if you were a skater you were a skater and you only listen to like skating kind of music and that sort right, of stuff. Right. If you then all of a sudden like started like putting on certain sneakers, mm-hmm. then you would have a problem with right. like another group of people. Not, right. Maybe not in a violent way, but people mm-hmm. would be like, what the fuck are you doing? 
So it was there was like sort of consequences yeah. for those things. To your point, you know, like yeah. if you if you have this aesthetic, you better have these values, right? Whereas now it's sort of like, yeah, you can put together this thing with this thing, and it's like doesn't it's it, like it's like I think now because of our hyper connectivity, yeah. like what you're saying or way earlier in the episode about like the authenticity is like people are mining for authenticity, and yes. I find that in the past subcultures had authenticity mm. and so they pull from these subcultures and then they can combine the elements yeah. into today because if you see someone who is just all one subculture now mm. or like a vibe it's like but that doesn't exist anymore yes. unless you're like in the deep end of right it. like to see someone nowadays who i would like if i can look at someone and be like this person is like a lifer skateboarder yeah like you better be yeah, like all in that, that because otherwise like most people i mean we're humans and we all know we have a broad selection of interests so it's like i don't know yeah it's like most people who don't I, I, most people want to find something that speaks to who they are there's a lot more people who want to dress above what they are mm. and kind of like I want to be just, I want to just have a flashy outfit, but yeah. really I'm just a, someone who's drunk at parties. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's how you end up with like, we were talking about like, then you end up with the crazy, like, oh, I got yeah. a vest on, you know, yeah. here's a bow tie, you know, and that, that was certainly a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, without having those other things, I, I always think it's like, yeah, like you got to have the, your, your values, whatever right. those are, if they, if they, if you sort of subscribe to a certain set of values or your own values and then, um, and then you that informs the way you look because if it's the other way around, then like yes. it it you'll just you're just going to be subject to a lot of like forces that you don't have yeah. control of. Yes, I have a question. Like, so you, you would you say you're like a mud metal guy or a punk guy? I'm more so metal. Is that um is that like still like big scene? Because that's one thing I sort of miss about. You know, I used to live in the Bay Area. Okay, and there used to be distinct places where like distinct bars where this is a thing oh yeah you know what i'm saying like but i feel in new york because of a lot of different things i'm not seeing those a lot of times it's just like young rich people and i'm just like "Eh, whatever it's it it, there's like pockets of it i haven't i'm not well acquainted with like the metal scene or punk scene here Mm. in new york city but i know people tell me that uh there's a bar called saint vitus oh yeah yeah which is apparently like a big hot spot for like local metal local punk they uh what what I always thought was interesting about it is like there's not a lot of space here so I'm like how yeah. do you play a show well, without a say. noise complaint right. Yeah. right like but despite that it's like uh death metal started on Long Island like the oh, like so Cannibal funny. Corpse they're all from Long Island Whoa. like the the heaviest genre of death metal called slam death metal is a Long Island creation Whoa. and it's like it's weird cuz I'm like where I'm from like from Denver like a lot of the metal that's like grown locally uh-huh. is very like very fast edgy like heavy punk or like mm. really slow drawn out like dark like doom metal Whoa. and it kind of has this like influence of like being around nature and yeah. stuff and being like out in like a void yeah yeah and so it's like interesting because it's like the the environment influences it but i'm also like long island what does that say like <laughs> i don't know it's i feel like there's 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 definitely something i mean I don't think it's a mistake that its proximity to New York City, yes. you know, ends up informing and, and you know all these so many so so many subcultures and and you know cultural forces like hip hop obviously mm-hmm. right is the is is a is the huge one but then you know that sort of push pull I think with the city right yeah, the, yeah. the fact that the city 
for a long time, maybe not so much anymore, unfortunately, like there were spaces for that. Like yes. there was a tolerance for craziness. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So then you could kind of take that mm-hmm. philosophy and bring it to Long Island or, or, or whatever. You, you saw that there could be, you know, there was an opportunity for you to do that, you know, yeah. whereas like if you were in fucking bumfuck Ohio, <laughs> you just don't see those norms, right? You right, don't see right. like transgressive people doing totally. transgressive things. So um, that's what I always, I, I, that, I, there, there's a bar that's across from Littlefield. Okay. Do you know, it, there, yes. it's also a, I don't know, the place shows. Is it the Bell House? Oh, maybe it's the Bell House. It's across okay. the street. It's like, it's, they're so close. Yeah. Th- there's, there's like a music venue thing. Everybody wears okay. black. Okay. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like, oh, I didn't know there was still shit like this here. Mm. So I don't know what it was. I was wondering if, you know, maybe you could check it out. But like it's, it's <laughs> I'll go in in but, my band shirts and yeah. I'll sneak in, I'll report. Yeah, but it was like, you know, it's like when I went to, uh, I, I used to go to like Comic-Con a lot. Yeah. And I was like never really, really big into it, but I, I enjoyed it. And I went maybe a few years ago before the pandemic, like 2017 or something. And everybody was still like real into anime. And I was like, this is awesome. Because yeah. I feel so many times that those those things just get absorbed into yes. the Marvel thing, you yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the corporation machine. Mm-hmm. And it's just like regurgitated into something else. But yeah. I saw that, oh, there's this community that's still around. That's good. And I, I was wondering that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that those things still exist in New York City because that's where you're going to get creativity totally yeah the small thing not not necessarily mm, driven by money right you know driven by we have these values you know right i think that's uh there it's lots of places i think it's obviously harder to find and yeah. like you said you see a lot of just rich kids it's just around. it's just rich kids here it's and, it, <laughs> yeah. and the thing is like when the, the like the pandemic started they're like they were all like oh new york city is dead it's like <laughs> new york city is dead for the people who move to new york city yes. to just consume things made yes. by people who live there yes, yes. like if your if your life is you go to work and then afterward you go to some restaurant or some yeah, bar yeah. and that's it yes like yes new york that city is, is dead is but that's dead. because you're not participating yeah. in the culture you're, you're just, you're, just yeah. con- you're just taking the foam off the top <laughs> like it's like I, I talked about this in another episode like when traveling places I I, I kind of get like bummed out at the idea of going another place because if I go somewhere for a week, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. You get to see the sites, but I feel like if you want to really go somewhere, you should live there for like a year mm, and like yeah. actually get in the culture because the right. the people are what makes it great. It's yeah. not the see yeah see so, where the people are going and getting their coffee. Where yeah. are the people going? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's always about finding those. You know, that this is why fashion pulls from like that the working class mm. aesthetic is yeah. you know, there is something there that is an intangible that you wish you could kinda like and that's why if you've ever lived or visited somewhere awesome and then you're you're there, like in whatever, some random place in Paris and you try mm. to tell your friends about it, it's not gonna work because it's not yeah. like, Oh, I'm at the Eiffel Tower. Uh, you know, it's yes. it's like, Oh, I had this really cool thing happen mm. when I met these people and that was like that authenticity, man. Yeah. You know, and it's that's like, really what it is. It, even through comedy, I started realizing this too. Is yeah. that like when I took improv and met some like normal people that had like moved to the city, <laughs> yeah. right? And I was like, just because I do comedy, I know so many more spots around yeah, the city absolutely. than most people do. Like, I know, like, I can recommend you bars and restaurants yeah. and all sorts of weird delis and shit because it's just like I'm just around. Yeah, you know, it, that's. It, I mean, you know, comedy can be a great way to. When I went, when I was in, you know, Japan and Korea. You know the, the those guys are true locals, right? So they would tell me where to go here and that, and 
you know, fashion can be the same yeah. thing too. Like you, like if you're real into fashion and you want to find a, like a certain store, you mm-hmm. can find that. And it's like another thing so that's not just like the f- big Eiffel Tower thing. To look right. At, yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't know. <laughs> when my, when I moved here, my mom came with me yeah. and she like helped me move in and like was here for like three days. And during that time, I just, we just did like a big tourist loop, right? <laughs> like, let's go to the Hell bridges. Yeah. Let's go to the like central park. We'll go to the Met. Like, like very good things that are fun to do but i'm trying to get my family to come back out next year so i don't have to travel for the holidays yeah like, yeah yeah come out here in october we'll do like an early christmas whatever but now that i know i'm like all right there are so many dope spots yes. that i'm going to show them now that i've got the insider scoop really know see all the great shit you know and yeah. still make them walk across a bridge or two but yeah sure <laughs> throw that in there why not all right mike well, are, are we at time? We are at time. <laughs> we are now at time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. This is an awesome episode. It's really fun talking to you. Um, thank you for having me. I know this was kind of all over the place, but you it know, thank you for. Um, I uh, love getting. I I got a lot out of this. The TikTok thing. That's such an interesting thing to think about that you were telling me about. <laughs> Learning about um, uh, uh, punk and metal. I, I think that's cool. You should have a podcast about that. I think that's really interesting. So. Uh, someone who you do you know do you know Gene Meyer? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, he's uh he's the lead vocalist of a grindcore band, okay. and he is also a comedian. No way, <laughs> he's from Philly, and he drives up here to do comedy oh, stuff. Okay. But he was like, he once posted on uh, Twitter, like we're we're friends. He's like, does anyone want to start a podcast about metal with me? And I'm like, I so badly want to, but I also can't just add projects. Yeah, I know that's way too much. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it always is about like you know, you guys are gonna vibe. I used to be on this other podcast called sup and it was about streetwear mm-hmm. and it was cool and and but it was like it's almost like don't turn your passion into your job you know what yeah, i'm saying because yeah, it yeah. was like kind of too much into the thing and i was like oh i don't want to do this <laughs> but I yeah too many fanny packs many now fanny- <laughs> <laughs> i got so many fanny packs but yeah thank you very much for for for, for doing of course for having me on where can uh people find you i'll put all the links in the episode description uh well. yeah you know check out my podcast asian not asian um it's we're on all the, the platforms i'm on instagram uh, at nice pants bro that's my instagram <laughs> is there a story behind that i've always wondered yeah um when I had like zero Instagram followers, I would, um, I, I met a comedian and his Instagram, uh, he, he was like, you know, he's like past at the seller, but his Instagram was, that dude was funny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's easy to remember. Yeah. And now, because I, I had this whole thing where like, I was like, okay, I'm going to tell people on during my set to check me out. And like, maybe I'm always wear funny pants. Mm. That was my thing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they'll remember my pants. Although funny enough now, I mean, now I don't say it because it'd be weird for, it's it's obnoxious to yell, yell that to people. Be like, hey, yeah. follow me on Instagram at the end of your set. Um, but also, uh, people don't remember. They remember the pants part, but they, they go, good pants, bro, or something. Yeah, like they yeah. just never get it. <laughs> So that's what it was. And then funny enough, now I don't wear that interesting of pants anymore. I wear a lot of jeans. So Evolution. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> you know, that's what I get. Now I have nice pants bro forever. So yeah, <laughs> nice. check me out. Yeah. So guys, go check him out. Go listen to his podcast. It's fantastic. Um, that's all. That's all for this week. I'll catch you next time around. I have no idea who the next episode is. I got to start scheduling. But um, by now, I hope you guys are having a good uh before christmas week yeah. i think yeah. uh I tell you... us uh tell us tell us what was wrong with this podcast what was, <laughs> what was your friend's name campbell campbell yeah campbell tell us what's wrong with the podcast <laughs> then go then go listen to asian not asian then hit up mike hey, and then tell, tell me what's, what's wrong with, with my podcast Campbell. <laughs> come on all right guys thank you so much for listening bye, bye.